0: First Peter, chapter three, tonight. First Peter, chapter three. Beginning in verse one Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands Even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God, adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement." Uh, let's pray, Heavenly Father. I thank you uh, for your word tonight, and and Lord, I thank you for the good services we've had already. We thank you for uh, the moving of your spirit this morning in the children's Sunday school, the adult Sunday school, the worship hour, God. And we thank you for all those that were able to be here with us, Father, and be with us online. And, and Lord, once again, you've said, "Without me, you can do nothing." So, God, we're in need of your spirit tonight, your filling, and you've promised you'd be here with us. Uh, you promised uh, Lord Jesus you, you'd never leave us, and that you're here with us in a special way. So, Father, we, we depend upon that, and, and we count upon that working tonight. And, and, Father, I pray that you would just fill me with your Spirit, help me ministering the Word, uh, fill uh, Sister Sandra nursery, watching the children. Uh, and dear God, uh, help us each by your Spirit uh, to, uh, to draw closer to you, to apply what we've learned uh, today, And, Father, that which you've spoken to us through your word. Father, we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right. Some of you tuning in may think, well, there he is, a Baptist preacher preaching, women be in subjection to your husband. Well, here it goes again, you know. Well, in my defense, okay, in case you haven't been tuning in, on the last four Sunday evenings, we've preached on Husbands, Love Your Wives, okay? So we're going to look at uh, at uh, some uh, things that the God has called the wife to tonight, and uh, it may be a little easier on them. I'd planned on going longer. I got to look at it, my records and realize that when I preached through... Philippians this past time, for some reason, I, the beginning of the year, I, uh, I, I, I hit the wives pretty hard, so I'm not sure I'm going to do that again so, so soon, so, so quickly, but we'll, we'll see, I'll see where the Lord leads me on that, uh, but, uh, but uh, we are going to uh, preach and look at this tonight, uh, and uh, learn some things about uh, uh, the things that the, uh, God has for the wives in Scripture, in fulfilling His will uh, for their lives, and remember, the important thing to remember is the relationship as God gives commands to the husband concerning his wife. Uh, that sets uh, that is part of God's relationship with the man. God gives responsibility; the man is to fulfill that responsibility in the power of God for his relationship with God. First of all, same way thing goes to the woman. Uh, God gives commands to the woman. She is to fulfill that uh, to her husband for God. Uh, and uh, first of all, it's not uh, the wife's uh, uh, responsibility, to, responsibility to make sure the man obeys God and his responsibility. It's not uh, the man's responsibility to make sure the wife obeys God and what he told her. What God tells the man is, first of all, between the man and God. And what God tells the wife is what? First and foremost, between God and the wife. Aren't you glad he didn't leave that to the other? God, you know, God never said, husband, make sure she follows that now. You won't find that in there, okay? And, of course, it wouldn't be put that way in our Bible anyway, but uh, you won't find that in there, okay? So uh, some things for the wife. And uh, uh, to learn, I've entitled the message uh, tonight. It's a wonderful wife. That would have fit better around Christmas time, I guess. <laughs> but uh, but uh, we're going to learn and uh, grow from this. And uh, I hope it will be an encouragement uh, uh, to wives. Uh, we saw that, uh, 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 that uh, the husband is uh, uh, called to love his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And uh, we are called uh, to—we li- to, are all called to live lives, live our lives for others. Uh, by the way, uh, women are commanded in the Bible uh, to teach the younger women to what—to love their husbands. Okay. And in Ephesians six, before we get to Ephes- or in Ephesians five, before we get to husbands love your wives. In Ephesians five twenty-five, Christians are told to be what subject to one another. <laughs> so before you ever get to wives being subjection to your husband. You also have, the husbands are commanded to be in in subject to what? Christian wives. Uh, In other words, if your wife tells you something godly you ought to be doing... You ought to receive that as from God, amen? And uh, every Christian ought to be subjecting themselves uh, to all the the commands of God, to all the leadings of God, uh, coming from your wife, coming from others, uh, coming from spiritual Christians, uh, coming from, uh, by the way, when a carnal Christian says something godly we ought to be doing, it's okay to go ahead and obey that too, amen? And uh, uh, just just receiving that, we can be learning and growing. Uh, in uh in, in, in those things <clears throat> so uh the wives are to be in in subjection to uh, uh to their own husbands and uh it's interesting that in our uh paul uh, uh writes or peter writes there to their own husbands uh i'm not sure what peter was facing there uh in his uh in in the first century uh, regarding own husbands I know in, in our, in our uh, economy today there are many wives in the workforce and, uh, and unfortunately in many homes uh, the, the male boss of the wife uh, gets more subjection from the wife than the husband does at home and uh, so she's subject uh, to another woman's husband or, or to another man but not subject to her husband at home. So that certainly has application. If you're wise, be in subjection, what? To your what? Own husbands <laughs> and, uh, and uh, following them. And, and there's some, there's some apl- ap- application there. Uh, be in subjection unto your own husbands. <clears throat> it says that if, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Now we need to think about that and we need to you know to understand that this is given to a wife here that her husband obviously has not uh, obeyed the word. Some have taken that, you know, well don't ever don't try to lead your husband, to Lord, just just be an example. Win him by example. Can I remind us of something? You can't win anybody by example, okay? You can't win somebody by example. They have to get the gospel, amen? Where's the gospel? Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and his salvation to everyone that believe it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You can't win somebody without the gospel, folks. I don't care how good an example, how good of a life you live, they've got to hear the gospel. But listen, this says, if any obey not the gospel, the husband already heard the gospel and didn't obey it. He already heard it. What's, 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 what's the command to obey in the gospel? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a command. So the husband has heard the gospel and he's not obeyed. He's not been saved yet. Does he need to hear it from you again? Not necessarily. You see him saying? Or, for, or for maybe he heard it from somebody else. Does he, to, does he need to hear it from the wife also? Not necessarily. Does he need to hear the gospel to be saved? Absolutely. If he's never heard it, and uh and as far as you know, nobody's ever told him, wife, you you go ahead and you pray about that and you give him the gospel lovingly, amen. And he may receive it, and he may not. And if he doesn't receive it at that time, then this counsel falls right in line for you to continue in trying to reach, then to become the example of what you have already told him uh, in that. So uh being 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 that example, <clears throat> being in, in subjection uh, uh, uh to the husband. Uh, now, uh, it's interesting to note that uh, this husband here has uh, not obeyed the gospel in this context. Uh, Peter has just got done writing about uh, some uh, difficult situations. He says, uh, this, this comes, uh, uh, follows upon the context of, of, uh, of the previous chapter. And he says... Uh, uh, Servants, be subject to your own masters with all fear in, in, in the previous chapter, verse 18. Uh, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward or perverse. For that is thankworthy if a, if a man uh, for conscience toward God endure grief. Grief. So here's a, someone under a perverse boss that causes grief. But God says, but be in submission. Uh, for, for it is thankworthy if a man for conscience sake toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. And he goes on. What glory is it when, if ye buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently. But if when ye do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. And then we have a good example of how Jesus suffered for us and what he accepted there. Paul goes on. Now in cha- I'm sorry. Peter goes on now in chapter 3. And what's he say? Likewise, see, going back to, the, the, to what he had just, had just written, uh, wise beings subjecting to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may uh, without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. So here's, it was a difficult situation to be under a boss that was perverse. And yet, what, did, what was God saying to them in that previous chapter? But go ahead, go ahead and obey, go ahead and submit. It will glorify God. And in the same manner, in like manner, it's going to be difficult for a saved what? Wife to be in subjection to a husband who has what? Not obeyed the gospel, right? And there's going to be what? Some grief there, isn't there? There's going to be some difficulty there, isn't there? Uh, As she's living with an unsaved uh, 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 husband still. So there's always going to be some conflict there when when one loves God, the things of God, and the other is not born again yet. There's going to be some conflict, some difficulty. So uh, Peter is saying, you have the Holy Spirit. By God's strength, you show that lost one. It may be difficult, maybe may be grievous at times. But you submit to the to husband. And, and uh, by the way, the scripture tells us, submit to your husband's what? As is fit in the Lord. As is fit in the Lord. I've heard somebody, I've seen some people, you know, uh, take this passage and stick it under their arm like a football and think they're going they're going to, they're going to run 100 yards for a touchdown. They run so far out of the context, you know. I mean, if your husband tells you to sin, uh, you're, the Bible says you're you to be in subjection to your husband. You won't get that from the Bible. My Bible says be in subjection to your husbands as is fit in the Lord. And what did Jesus say to those whom he met, go and what sin no more. Uh, believers are not are are not to sin. So uh uh so a wife uh is not in the wrong when she is spirit-filled and does a, a, and in a spirit-filled manner uh, speaks for the husband and and does not do and commit some sin that he has commanded her to commit if it comes down to that. And it takes grace to do that, you know. Uh you know you you know Honey, would you, you know, would you, would you, would you, would you, do some drinking with me tonight? Well, oh, you old, you old, you old coot. I quit that a long time ago. I'm not drinking that stuff with you. Probably not, the, not, not the way that's going to affect him. Okay. Uh, probably, probably I'd say that wife probably not spirit filled at that time. Okay. But maybe something like, you know, honey, I love you. And. I know that stuff is bad for your health. It breaks my heart that you drink it because I love you too, and I want you to be around longer. And you, with the help of God, can probably convince that husband that you don't have to drink with him tonight, okay? In, in, in a spirit-filled way, amen? And so uh, God, God's able to work those things out if, if, our, if our spirits are in submission uh, to him. He'll guide in that, uh, and, and, he will, and he will lead in that. <clears throat> And uh, so the app, so the application, the subjection certainly is limited uh, reg- regarding the will of God. Uh, some things are difficult. Some things aren't. You know, aren't as clear. I know. Uh, uh, growing up, uh, 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 my uh, my mother would buy cigarettes and such uh, for, for 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 my dad, and uh, and the alcohol and such, and she she didn't like doing it. But we lived. We were twenty-one. We were 20, 30 miles out of town, you know. And, and Dad worked, you know, uh, a job, forty-hour week job, and then he worked jobs after the uh, after work to help pay for all the bills for the kids. And and he still drank and smoked. So she would pick up his cigarettes and his and his beer for him. And uh, did she drink it? No. Uh, did she Did she smoke? No. She didn't do that. Uh, that was the decision that she'd made. Some, have, some, have, some wives in that, in that situation have actually spoken to their husbands and then said, honey, uh, you know, it really breaks my heart to do that because when I pick that, pick that up, I, I know it's not good for you. And I know it's, you know it's not good for your health. And I'd really appreciate it if, if, if there's some other way you could get that or uh, you know or, or not make me... Some, some wives have gotten out of that task in, in, a very, in another way but some of, the, some of those things aren't so clear you see what I'm saying you have to seek the Holy Spirit on that and get guidance for that um, uh, uh, so you, ha- you have to be just work, work, work those things out uh, uh, with the Lord <clears throat> so she used to be in submission uh, to the Lord <clears throat> a praise here I went through the whole point She's first, to have, first of all, supposed to have a praiseworthy subjection. There we go. Point number one. Fastest one. Here we go. Done. Okay. <laughs> Point number two. Uh, she used to have a priceless spirit. She used to have a priceless, uh, a priceless uh, spirit. <clears throat> Verse three. Who's adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel... But let it be the hidden man of the heart and which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God uh, of, great, uh, of great price. So uh, uh, she used to have this meek and quiet spirit. Some have tried to use this passage uh, saying that women shouldn't wear jewelry. Uh, well, her adorning is not to be, in 1 Peter 3, 3, of the plating of hair, of wearing of gold, or of putting on apparel, so that means if she's not supposed to wear her jewelry, she's not supposed to wear her clothes. I think you got the wrong interpretation there. All right, and uh, uh, you can't you can't go that far with that one. Now it's talking about being focused what upon the outward appearance, right? Upon the outward appearance, uh, that's not to be uh, what what we're advertising. Uh, what a woman is to be expecting to pl- please her husband with. Now I'm not saying you're not supposed to try to take care of yourself, you know, and and try to try to look nice for your husband and husband for your wife, you know. Someone said, should a should a should a wife wear makeup? And one preacher answered, Well, if ship need if a ship needs painted, paint it. You know, and uh, I don't know, but uh, but you're. Sp- <laughs> I try to get through that real fast so you don't get uh, uh, get get stuck on that too much, but. But uh, not the outward appearance, it's the inward appearance. The hidden man of the heart, which that's the spirit, this priceless spirit uh, that God gives the wife that is, that, that is holy and that is seeking to love her husband, to love God. And by the way, she's seeking to love her husband for God. Okay, uh, you know, that's the, way don't, that, that, that's the way it works. You don't love your wife for your wife. You love your wife for God. You'll never love your wife the way God calls you to love her if you try to love your wife for your wife. The same way, you'll never love your husband the way God wants you to love your husband if you try to love your husband for your husband. The the wife is to love the husband and and, and to submit to the husband uh, for God. The the husband is to love the wife and give himself for the wife uh, for God first. And then it will come out to be for the other as God intends it it to be. But they're not to seek attention by adorning themselves with extravagant jewelry or clothing or hairdos, what he's saying there. Albert Barnes writes, the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, of a calm temper, a contented mind, a heart free from passion, pride, envy, irritability, a soul not subject to the agitations and vexations of those who live for fashion and who seek to be distinguished for external adorning. The connection here shows that the apostle refers to this not only as that which would be of great price in the sight of God, but as that which would tend to secure the affection of their husbands and win them to embrace uh, the true faith. This outward so outward clothing is not to be the focus. Not not the physical body. Boy, that's the opposite of the world today, isn't it? Everything's about the physical body and the appearance. You know, there are people that Man, if they spent if they spent half the time you know, uh, trying to, to learn the Bible and, and get to know God as, as they did, you know, tr- trying to look uh, like like uh, some uh, uh, athletic trainer, you know, with all the exercise and working they do and and uh, and such, uh, uh, they'd be very spiritual. <laughs> they'd be well off. Uh, listen, I don't care how well you diet. I don't care how much exercise you do. This thing's turned going back to dust. Amen. it's going to degrade one day and uh, physical exercise profiteth little but godliness is what profitable unto all things in the big scheme of things we need to be strong spiritually amen and we need to be walking with god and that needs to be what we want the world We, we want the world to see what christ in us amen that 's the main thing, and that, that needs to be uh, Peter is saying here, the main thing for the woman too. make sure that the main thing that you want your husband to see is Christ in you and uh, and, uh, and, and that will uh, be uh, uh, pleasing to God and leading you along the way to to a strong and, and, and healthy and healthy marriage <clears throat> a couple of seven hundred year old skeletons were. Excavated at the Lost Chapel of St. Morrill in Leicestershire, Central England. Buried in a single grave, they were found laying side by side, still holding hands, fingers entwined. Isn't that a, that, that kind of a beautiful picture? Uh, I think about that. Uh, when I thought about that, I thought about Ezekiel's picture of, of the dry bones that he saw. Uh, Ezekiel seventy three three. God shows him this valley of dry bones son of man can these bones live Lord God thou knowest prophesy unto these bones God tells him and so say unto these dry bones hear the word of the Lord thus saith the Lord God unto these bones behold I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live I will lay sinews upon you and will bring upon bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, uh, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews, and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, and, uh, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind." Prophesy, son of man and say to the wind thus saith the Lord God come from the four winds O breath and breathe upon these slain that they may live so I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceeding great army you know I think about that the flesh and its beauty cannot be preserved it cannot be preserved and if we are given the length of days it will decline and and its decline will be witnessed by all you see you take that process that we just saw those bones go through in that vision of ezekiel and apart from god's returning you and i and you wife are going to go through the reverse of that <laughs> all that outward beauty is what it's gonna fade. It's it's gonna leave. It's gonna be gone. I was thinking about those dry bones that Ezekiel saw. Just seemed like all disorder, dead dry bones, no life. And I was thinking about that picture of those bones that were found in the, in that coffin, those two legs side by side, with the fingers, you know, still is, still in, in, intertwined with each other. What a beautiful picture. You know, you almost wonder. You have to wonder. I wonder if they were saved. You know, I wonder if they knew the Lord. And you know, if they did, you think that's likely why they wanted to be buried like that. <laughs> I wonder if that was a, you know, a marriage blessed by God. What would be the difference? You know, without God, you see the difference. Uh, those dry. What made those dry bones live was the breath of God, wasn't it? It was God breathing life into those bones. We think about that. Uh, even the way that God did with that pile of dirt that he formed in the Garden of Eden there. And uh, he, uh, the Bible says, uh, he formed madam of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. And I think about Jesus when he was going to, to, to send his disciples out. He, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, that they receive ye the Holy Ghost what a difference what a difference between those two lying in that coffin with the fingers intertwined and that pile of it what seems uh, just unorganized lifeless you know, dry bones what a difference the breath of God can make First Chronicles 16-29 uh, uh, 20, give unto the Lord the glory Do his unto his name bring an offering come before him worship the Lord here it is in the beauty of what? holiness in the beauty of holiness you see a christian wife who loves the lord and is reflecting that spirit can take that beauty all the way to the grave amen as a matter of fact my bible says for which cause we faint not second corinthians 4:16 but though our outward man perish Yet the inner man is what? Renewed every day. That's the beauty of holiness. That's the beauty, wife. God says you make that your primary goal, your primary seeking, your primary desire as far as beauty goes. That beauty of holiness, your relationship with God and God's love for your husband God, and God's submission to, and your submission to your husband for God through you. That's that beauty of holiness. That's, that will have an impact uh, on your husband. That beauty, not only can you take to the grave, it can increase unto the grave. Amen? And by the way, when you're 70, I'm sorry, you're not getting that 20-year-old 20, that 20 picture, that image in the mirror back. It's, it's gone forever. Because <laughs> that flesh is going to fade, isn't it? But the beauty of holiness... The beauty of holiness. Uh, favor is deceitful. Beauty is vain, Proverbs 31:30. 30. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. And we saw last week, one of the people that ought to be praising her is who? Her husband. <laughs> the same proverb says that. She, that. That his wife, that her husband praiseth her. Uh, the woman that feared that fears the Lord. And so, uh, uh, that that's the beautiful thing. That's the that's what the beauty that God wants the wife to be seeking, and uh, for His glory, for His glory, and the husband as she draws, as the wife draws close to the Lord and that obedience, the husband becomes also the beneficiary of that beauty, and it's a and it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful thing. <clears throat> um, I have seen uh, some women, older women, who became very aged in the lord and yet their spirits were so attractive they were so sweet and uh just getting old or aged, and and yet loving the lord you know and loving uh, loving loving their husbands walking down you know you see these old couples walking down the road still they don't see it too much anymore but they're still holding hands you know and they're crouched over and and they're probably gonna maybe be like that 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 pair of skeletons that i talked about earlier with the Being buried together, and uh, who knows, uh, uh, but a priceless, a priceless spirit. Uh, Every wife is called to uh, finally uh, a a pattern sanctification. A pattern sanctification. Look at verse 5. After this man in old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. What is Peter telling us there? Well, first of all, that's quite an honor. Uh, You know, the Bible speaks of Abraham as the father of the faith. So, believers, uh, our our faith is, is exemplified, what, in the faith of Abraham, uh, when he left uh, you know, his Ur of the Chaldees, God told him to go. And that, that, that's a picture of, our, of actually our Christian faith even. And, uh, and now God is, is, is what? He's holding up Sarah as an example for women. Just as he held up Abraham, now he's holding up Sarah. And he says, and he says uh, whose daughters you are. Now daughters means, he's talking about disciples here. Uh, uh, a, a, a godly woman is going to be following in the line of Sarah's godliness just as uh, Christianity follows in the line of uh, Abraham's faith in in, in believing in God it says uh, whose daughters you are uh, as long as you do well and are not afraid uh, with with any amazement so we think of this what is he talking about there? Well, he's talking about that discipleship. He says, as long as you do well, as long as you you keep walking with the Lord and are not afraid with any amazement. Here she is in this marriage. Uh, Husband has heard the gospel and rejected it. Uh, She's suffering and having some grief because he's not saved. She is. There are difficulties that come with that. Her heart's broken often because she wants a husband to be saved, but he's not saved yet. It's, it's hard. It's not easy. She's going to be tempted to quit. She's going to be tempted when a husband's Well, I wanted to, you know, to serve God. And, and, uh, and uh, I wanted to serve God. And uh, my husband, my husband wants me to do this. And maybe he maybe he wants you to go to some place inappropriate and do something inappropriate. And so finally she gives in. Well, I don't think this loving and be a godly example thing is gonna work. No, don't be afraid with any amazement, is what he's talking about. Oh, this is too big. It's it, God, this isn't gonna work for me, God. No. Well, God is saying to the wife in that situation, you keep the faith. You keep loving your husband, and you keep having that gentle spirit, that calm, that quiet spirit, because you're doing that for who? For God. And God is saying, "Don't be afraid with any amazement. Don't let the fear of your of losing your marriage or losing your husband drive you from walking with the Lord." because you are not doing that first and foremost for keeping your husband or your marriage you wife are doing this first and foremost for your love for God and let me tell you something if loving God and loving your husband with the love of God won't win your husband to yourself nothing will nothing will because if that's the situation then your husband is looking for something ungodly And if you try to fulfill that, uh, sooner or later, someone else will be better at that than you. (laughs) And you'll lose anyway. No, what Peter's saying there is, no, Christian wife, God has set the course for you. It's holiness. Now, the wife is not being commanded to stay in a situation where she's being physically beaten or abused. Uh, I don't believe that. Uh, she can get out of that situation where the, the body is the temple of the Lord and, uh, and we don't have to, she doesn't have to stay in a situation where she's being abused uh, and, and things like that uh, uh, I believe also uh, Jesus said uh, uh, said, uh, uh, said uh, uh, except it be for uh, uh, the, the, the breaking up of the marriage except it be for fornication committeth adultery so God gave an out for that I believe uh, God always wants the marriage to stay together that's the higher road. That's that is that is what you shoot for. There have been wives that have had unfaithful husbands, and you know what? They stuck with it. And when they found out they were unfaithful, they forgave them. And their marriage grew strong. There have been wives that have had Christian wives that had unfaithful husbands and they left them. You say, You're going to judge them, preacher? I'm not going to judge them. <laughs> As best I understand in my Bible, Jesus said, "As Jesus said, saving for the cause of fornication." That's a whole another study. But in that case, they are to what? Remain unmarried. <laughs> Remain unmarried. And so uh, that that's something to think about. It's a one-time thing, right? And uh, so there you go. Others would say, "Well, uh, if she's out of it, then she's then she's free." I'm not going to go into that. That's that's another study um but she can live for God. Uh she can win her husband. And again, if godliness isn't going to win isn't going to win your husband, what do you think's going to win him? You know, I think the best the best thing is to do what God says uh, and uh a, 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 and what God what God what God teaches. <clears throat> now, me, uh uh I kind of uh as far as the marriage thing goes, I don't... The Bible says saving the cause of fornication. I've had people, couples come in, uh, uh, want me to marry them who have having had a previous, previous mar- marriages and such. To me, that would require me to make a judgment. I would have to discern, okay, was there fornication? Am I going to get into that? Not, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to judge that couple and what happened in that marriage. I would have to know all the details before I could say, "Well, yeah, that was totally your husband, or that was totally your wife. Uh, you did everything that you that, that God called you to do, you know." And uh, I think I think that that fits that that fits the exception that Jesus made there. I I I don't see where I can learn. I could learn enough to make that judgment call so in my practice guess what I do guess what I don't do I don't judge <laughs> uh, I come in here and if somebody comes in here and, and uh, they're married and they, 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 they've been married before I, I accept them as though that that's before God they put that before God now if, so, if, they, come, if they come to me and want to be married I, I just won't marry them because I would have to know things that it's almost impossible for me to know if they've already been through that so I so I don't have to marry them, but this but here's the one thing I like too: I don't have to judge them either. You say, and uh, I tell those folks if you have been married and and you are you have you have been divorced and you're remarried, uh, make this your last one. Amen. Be faithful and be together, and, and you know, and, and serve God in that. And uh, you know God's a forgiver, isn't He? And uh, and I'm thankful. Uh, I'm thankful for that all right let's pray heavenly father i thank you for your grace and goodness and and lord uh uh truly uh, your love for us is is uh is life-changing and your love through us is not only your love to us is life-changing to us but your love through us father is life-changing also to us and to those around us god and i thank you dear god for uh, uh, for uh for that i thank you for the forgiveness that is in christ and uh we do think of the, the the situations that they even had to deal with at times in the first century uh where they would be married and a husband wasn't saved but the wife was and and uh paul spoke about that if that uh if the husband wanted to wanted to abide then then abide but if he was to depart let him depart and, uh, there was diff- there was instructions that you gave regarding these difficult things, Father. And, and it's not always as clear, I think, as sometimes we would like to think it is. Uh, Father, but we have to seek you in those things. Give guidance and direction in that. But Father, this is clear from your word. You have commanded the wives to love their husbands and to be in subjection to them for you and for your glory and to trust you for that and to, make, uh, to, uh, to, to give them the gospel if they haven't heard it, but then, Father, to live the gospel before them, praying that they'd ever be drawn in. You have instructed every wife, Heavenly Father, not to, uh, not to stray from your word, uh, regardless of the circumstances and the difficulties that may be, to remain faithful to you. And God, no doubt, many wives could testify that husbands have been one, Uh, to you through that lost husbands have been saved through hearing the gospel and then seeing the witness before them of their godly wife and the love and the the beautiful spirit before them God Uh, backslidden husbands have been come back to the Lord seeing dear God the same thing and Lord wives who perhaps have been forsaken by husbands though they've tried in this though they've prayed in this also have found grace and and and, and healing in you uh, and 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 forgiveness dear god and they've found purpose to serve you and father i pray that you bless them in that as well and father i thank you we to be here tonight and i pray you just help us to continue to grow together as a church and, and uh, serving you here we pray and ask all these things in jesus name and for his glory amen